Hi, you're listening to Poldark Podcast. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to the hit show Poldark. While season two is airing on BBC One, we will be dedicating our podcast to the analysis of the latest episode. And this week happens to be episode nine. So, spoiler warning for those of you who haven't seen the episode yet. My name is Delinda. I live in France. I blog at Britishly So on Tumblr. I tweet at Delinda Dia. And I um, I feel better than this last week, but I'm still done with Ross Poldark. I'm Michelle. Um, I live in the States. I blog at Poldark Muses. That's Poldark, M-U-S-E-S. Um, I tweet at, at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. And I'm uh, pretty exhausted uh, with everything right now. Um, that's about where I'm at. Um, my name is Rita. I live in England. I blog at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And I'm also tired. Very, very tired. Just so tired. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, because yeah, yeah. this this show is is beating us down this season. <laughs> Started off so <laughs> bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> then... Yeah, no, a- ain't no room for bushy tails in this joint right now. So, uh, but we're gonna go ahead and get started with the episode description. Um, so the show starts with the Melzas singing "How the Tide Rushes In" over a vignette of Cornwall and the mine at dawn. It was really beautiful. Um, Ross is at the mining office looking disheveled, woeful, and sporting a rather spectacular black eye. Memories of the mine collapse weigh heavy on his mind, and his last thought before being interrupted is of Demelza kneeling at his feet to comfort him. Uh, Henshaw is the one that interrupts him, and uh, he brings news. Other prospectors are interested in purchasing their gear and offering a fair price. Uh, Ross is filled with regrets about his failure to buy timber to shore up the walls before the collapse. Henshaw said the men knew the risks, and um, Ross does not seem to be very convinced. Uh, Then Henshaw notices the black eye and asks if that happened during the mine collapse. What? You're right. Oh, no. My wife took exception to something I said. (laughs) Henshaw laughs as if this were a joke. Nope, not a joke at all. Then we smash cut to Demelza in the master bedroom at Nampara, continuing to sing, this time to her adorable son Jeremy, who lays in the middle of the big bed, smiling up at her. Prudy asks if Demelza will be coming down for breakfast. Demelza's got other ideas. Thank you, Prudy. Master Jeremy and I'll be taking our breakfast here from now on. Nay, but the chores is piling up downstairs. You're mistook, Prudy. This is a more genteel way of doing, I think. Master Jeremy and I are gentlefolks, after all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the mistress of Nampara is in the hizzle. Ross rides home and runs into George, who is full of pompous gloating. He was going to extend his commiseration about the mine collapse and all else that has gone awry, and appear and tell him the news of his engagement to Elizabeth. Ross's life is in disarray, and George appears to have won. Ross agrees with the last bit. George does appear to have won. Foreshadowing much? Could be. Elizabeth standing on the ground at Trenwith, looking off the distance in anticipation. She's clearly hoping for Ross to return to her, and when she re-enters the house to the parlor, Aunt Agatha is right along with her. 
When do you expect him? Who? My nephew is not always the most subtle of men, nor the most discreet. Yes, Elizabeth, while you may not have flinched in terror when your ass kicked in the door and stormed up the stairs last night, Grand Aunt Agatha, in fact, was wide awake and fearful of what was taking place under her roof. Surprisingly, Aunt Agatha is supportive of this new plan for Ross, quote, the better man, end quote, to leave Demelza and come to Trenwith for Elizabeth rather than to have George under their roof. Yet she manages to rustle up some sympathies for Demelza. Of course, I'm sorry for his kitchen maid. We have much to thank her for. But one must acknowledge the prior claim. So we can assume he will return to this house as soon as he's put his own in order. Now, why did I say that was surprising? More on that after the recap. Meanwhile, Jeremy and Garrick are playing on the floor, looking extremely adorable once again. And Judd and Prudy are lamenting about all of the work they'll have to do around the house and farm now that the mistress of Nampara is in residence. When Ross arrives and asks for Demelza, he's told she is a bed. Confronted with some truly miserable-looking food prepared by Prudy's rustily skilled hands, he asks her to find something edible. It did look revolting. (laughs) (laughs) It did look like food. Um, He finds Demelza seated in the center of their bed with a tea tray by her side. And he attempts to mansplain Demelza's feelings to her, at which point Demelza lays down one of the best speeches the show has ever seen. To think I did always look up to you, respect you, revere you as my master long before you were my husband. I see that, but... For it did seem to me, unschooled as I was, you were not like other men. You had a kind of nobility, not of birth, but of character. And I was so proud to think that such a man had married me. So now to discover that you are so much less than other men, or fallen so low because so far. It is not my pride that is wounded, Ross. Is my pride in you. Ross slinks back out the door, and Demelza's disappointment in him is visceral. Meanwhile, back at Trenwith, yes, you guessed it, more pacing in front of the window, looking at the empty drive, wondering where Ross is. Get used to that. Over at Cardew, George, <laughs> George's Will Luggenlair. I mean residence, where George is seen pacing around, <laughs> listing off the names of Cornwall's best and brightest. Why? For wedding invitations, of course. Because there ain't no party like a Will Luggen party. Boom. Because a Will Luggen party goes, what? In London, Caroline Finvenen receives an invitation, because of course George would want her and her uncle Ray to attend. I could have sworn her interest lay elsewhere. Plainly, a lady may not always have what her heart desires. <laughs> oh, very sad face. Cut to Dwight, sitting in the sunbeam, dissecting a heart. Jeez, we've just been clubbed upside the head with a literal metaphor. 
Finally, back at Trenwith, Elizabeth ceases her pacing, and after a long, meaningful look at Aunt Agatha, who must be bored of solitaire by now, walks over to the writing desk to pen a letter. At Nampara, and I'm not sure if this is all still the same day or not, Demelza and Jeremy are in the parlor having some food when Ross comes in to announce they cannot continue like this. I'm like, dude, it's been a day. If you could at least see it from my perspective. Well, soon you'll be asking me to see it from Elizabeth's. Hardly. Of course, it's no mystery. And she can't wait to have you installed in her house or in her bed. Demelza. Indeed, I do suspicion that's exactly what her letter says. What letter? Came about an hour since. She's doubtless wondering what's keeping you. Truly, we wonder ourselves, don't we, Jeremy? May I see it? It's in the library, on your pillow. He reads the letter and returns to the parlor and says he may be late tomorrow night. He is off to Truro. Why don't you just say it, Ross? I'm going to Elizabeth. The letter, it turns out, was not from Elizabeth, but from Richard Tonkin, freshly released from debtor's prison and wishing to see him. Ross fears he will ask for money to help him, of which he has none. Demelza tells him he'll miss the Bedragon party, which Ross says is the least of his regrets. Meaningful pouty face. <laughs> Thus begins a rather candid discussion about what occurred at Trenwith, given the state of their relationship at this moment. I would never deliberately hurt you. You of all people must know that. Must I, Ross? So I'm to assume that you inflict pain by accident without a second thought? In the moment I admitted there was no thought of you. Or of the pain I might have caused. It was as if I was possessed. Of course, no fault of yours. Just a, a greater power in you and her helpless to resist. In a way, yes. The what the fuck expression on her face is priceless at this moment. And then the idiot really sticks his foot in it and unleashes Hurricane Demelza. Perhaps I might have hoped for some understanding knowing you as I do. Knowing me to be kind and simple and, and giving? Would you like me to throw myself off and draw on a cliff so that you might, you might bury me at your own convenience and wed again at your leisure? I don't blame you for your anger, but how does it serve us now? Serve us? How did you serve us? How does George is talking about sparing no expense for the wedding, for after all, how often does a man get married? When the letter arrives from Elizabeth, he thinks, it's she's, he thinks she's worked up about wedding details when in fact she's writing him to ask for a postponement of the wedding. And now he's upset. Okay. Elizabeth looks up expectantly from the watchtower to see George riding up the drive. Joy. She explains she may have been rash plunging into their marriage. Uh, and you tell me this a week before the wedding, when all the guests are invited? When asked if Ross has anything to do with this, she admits that he has come over to express, express his opinion. That is one way of putting it. George flies off the handle. She says seeing him made her realize that it was so soon after Francis died, blah, blah, blah. Liar. George agrees on the condition that they set another date a month on that day. But what is there to wait for? What do you imagine will happen in the meantime? Confronted with that awkward question, she agrees. The wedding is set. That night, she remembers her intimacies with Ross. Ew. A lovely series, a really lovely series of shots happen next, showing her in her bed, wishing for Ross, who is in his bed, wishing for Demelza, 
who is in her bed thinking about strangling Ross. Now, Ross leaves Truro slash Dot Treadmouth. Out one door when a servant from Bedragons arrives at the other, asking for the response for the party. Now, Melza starts by saying Cap- Captain Ross will not attend, before pausing and deciding to answer yes for herself. Meanwhile, over at Trenwith, the sound of horses is heard, heels on floorboards, and Elizabeth is all a dither. Agatha tells her to compose herself, and tells Elizabeth to respond with resolve, reminding her that it's up to her to dictate the terms because she has much more to lose than he does. The door flies open, and it's Verity. Verity Uh says she knows what was behind the wedding postponement, and Elizabeth faints. Ross rides up alongside Dwight, who has been summoned to tend upon someone at Trenwith. Dwight is also the second person to comment on Ross's shiner. This time, he says he got it in the rockfall. Smart man. He asks how Demelza is bearing up. Ross stares blankly for a moment until Dwight clarifies his meaning. After the disaster, she was a godsend. I I know I'm preaching to the converted, but you've married a remarkable woman. Indeed. Yep, son. They all know it. Why on earth can you see it? And sorry, I just answered my own question. Anyhow, they agreed to have supper together later. Back at Nampara, Demelza is opening one of those trunks. It's either in the library or in their bedroom, uh, looking for something to wear to the party. She uncovers a ball gown at deepest burgundy. Pretty stands in the door, admonishing her, admonishing what she thinks her mistress has planned. Uh, what's good for the goose or sauce for the gander. Um, No good will come from it. Demelza closes the trunk with a decisive snap. Back at Trinwith, Elizabeth has taken to her bed, and uh, Dwight says Mrs. Coldark has a fragile disposition, nothing more, and has been under strain. Ross arrives in Truro (laughs) and meets Richard Tomkin. He's told of a boat-building business that Tomkin is involved in. Ross thinks they are seeking investment. But the opposite is true. They wish to pay back what Ross had loaned them after Conmore collapsed. Over at Bedruggan's, Demelza arrives for the party, goes to her room, and after seeing McNeil arrive, takes a slug of port and breaks out the pots of makeup. She makes a stir as she an- as she enters the room and draws the attention of tankard George's lackey. Sure, you jest. On the contrary. She was a scullery maid. Then you should find her all the more eager to serve. Oh, come, man, I'm in sore need of entertainment. So you wish me to heap further ignominy on her dog by debauching his wife, precisely. Come, I'll introduce you. Soon, Margaret Vosper strolls up to join the gathering, with George claiming both she and Demelza share something in common, which Margaret verifies. I believe Demelza's spidey senses are tingling by this point. Margaret admits to having had several husbands and, quote, serviced countless more, end quote. I never see the point in beating about the bush. If you have a fancy for someone, go up and ask them. Myself, I prefer to take time making up my mind, even if it do seem like beating about the bush. I'd sooner do that than get scratched or worn on every bush I see. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) Captain McNeil arrives to rescue Demelza from her dance with Tankard. Verity has a conversation with Elizabeth, telling her that it was right for her to make this decision, to let go of 
Francis. Remember Francis? Francis. <laughs> Not right. Husband. Remember him? Meanwhile, below deck at the Titanic, rather energetic dancing takes place between McNeil and Demelza. He's leaving the very next day for his regiment. He asks her if she would call him Malcolm for the evening. They go for a walkway. He gets all cuddly, which leads to a kiss. He admits to wanting to do that since he met her. He asks her to tell him what room she's staying in so that he might meet her. She looks apprehensive, but her anger and her hurt lead her to tell him where to find her later that evening. Meanwhile, Dwight notices Ross is distracted. Attachments are complicated. Dwight informs him that Elizabeth has postponed the wedding. Ross appears confused and apprehensive. Apprehension is a key theme, I think, for this section of the show. Demelza returns to her room, thinks twice of bolting her door, but reaches it too late. McNeil comes in. He begins to kiss and embrace her. Demelza attempts to explain why she led him to believe she would sleep with him and confesses Ross's betrayal. McNeil's response, is he insane, literally made me laugh out loud. <laughs> she, tells him, she tells him she cannot give herself to another man, that she's bound to Ross. Once she explains, uh, she asks him to leave, and then the scene turns ugly. To think for a moment of me. Just been looking forward to this encounter as to a mortal's taste of heaven. Your duty now is not to your husband, but to me. He forces himself on her. She is able to break free of his embrace, and after a few ugly parting words, he leaves. Demelza cries, cursing Ross and telling him she hates him. Ross leaves Dwight to go to the Kidley in Seoul and meets up with Zaki and the boys. They all say they would go back down in a minute with Ted's blessing. And now for a bit of comic relief, <laughs> Tankard and Badragon are both slinking down the hall towards Demelza's room for an assignation. I believe you're lost, sir. Your room is on the east side. Thank you, sir. I know very well where my room is and to whom this one belongs. <laughs> Damn it, sir. She as good as invited me. Now, why don't you scuttle off and turn a blind eye? Blind eye? I was going in there myself. Don't tell me she invited you. Blast it, sir. You've had no invitation. You thought to try your luck. You asked yourself, sir. I was here first. I'm the host. It's only right that I have first been. The host should yield to a guest, as you well know, to a proper etiquette. Etiquette be damned. If you go into that room, I go with you. They open the door, the window is open, and she's nowhere to be seen. Where is she? Hmm. Ross rides by Will Grace as dawn breaks. He rides along the land outside of Trenwith. Elizabeth sees him, a knowing smile curving her lips. After several moments, Ross rides off and the smile leaves Elizabeth's face for good. Ross returns home to the cold shoulder from Judd and Prudy, asking where Demelza is. They tell him she went to the party and she did not come home. <laughs> Girls just want to have fun plays in the background. Uh, cut to Demelza walking in the surf. Her hair tumbled down around her shoulder, makeup smeared from her tears. Ross rides along the cliffs looking for her. Finding her, he joins her on the beach. Ross is there to tell her the good news about the money, but instead he finds a completely pissed off and passive-aggressive Demelza. I cannot blame you for your anger, but if you could bide a while, 
Have a little patience. Patience? This thing will play itself out sooner or later. I see. So you just expect me to sit and twiddle my thumbs until you decide whether or not you want me. It's not a question of wanting you. It's a question of not wanting her. Which is such a dumb thing to tell your already angry wife. Do you not want her? No. I don't know. Sometimes... I'm not content to be second best. Have I asked you to be? Have you not made me so? Why am I here, Demelza? Why do you suppose I'm still here? I don't know why you're still here, Ross. Because Elizabeth can't make up her mind? No. Because Elizabeth does not want you. Because she knows George is the better bet. Yas, Queen. Yas. <laughs> At Trenwith, Elizabeth has officially had enough. Why has he deserted me? For the second time, I hate him for it. He takes something he had no right to and walked away from the consequences. He's left me with only one possible choice. Whatever. Of course you have no responsibility for anything that happens to you, Elizabeth. Smash cut to her marrying George. Yawn. Ross is at Will Grace, getting ready to begin digging out the rubble from the rockfall. Over at Trinwit, Agatha becomes mistress now, since George and Elizabeth will be living at Cardew. Elizabeth Rolligan drops her gown and gets on with her wedding night and just, um, ew. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ross kisses Jeremy goodnight. <laughs> and when uh, Ross asks uh, if the boy wonders why he sleeps in the library, Demelza suggests that he tell the boy. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't wish to have me near you. Or that you now find me distasteful after the delicate charms of Elizabeth. Ross, boy, don't try and out passive-aggressive Demelza, because you won't win. Next day, <laughs> the miners return to Will Grace to work on the rubble. Dwight wonders aloud yet again if the Navy would want a second-rate surgeon. And it's like, Dwight, you've been talking about this for, like, two episodes now. Like, shit or get off the pot. Since he couldn't save Ted from being crushed to death under rocks. He has a bit of a god complex. Henshaw says Demelza should be there. She's always taken an interest in their ventures. Ross says Demelza has business elsewhere. <laughs> what she's actually doing is standing along the cliffside looking majestic as fuck. And now we're in London. Yay! George and Elizabeth Warlegan are visiting Caroline Penvenen. Caroline is approximately five seconds into the conversation before asking about Dwight. And how is Cornwall? Do you see much of Dr. Ennis? Sadolci, Poldark style. Caroline admonishes them for marrying so quickly that she and her uncle couldn't attend. George makes a quip about Elizabeth keeping him waiting. Caroline says, Quite right. Marriage lasts a lifetime. A lady must be sure she's making the right choice. Yep, sure is. Elizabeth. <laughs> Stabby eyes. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the mine, Ross is alerted to a massive load of tin that has been uncovered. He rides home at breakneck speeds along the beach, thrilling looking, but holy crap, uh, and tells Demelza of their good fortune. They will not only be able to pay back their debts, but will be wealthy beyond their imaginings. Has it come too late? 
the Mauser. Super slow-mo of George and Elizabeth returning to Tranwith, having made the decision not to move to Cardew. Wait, what? what? As Elizabeth rises from embracing her son, she looks over her shoulder to see Ross in the field outside Tranwith. She turns her back on him, takes George's arm, and walks into the house. The triangle is no more. Finally! Hooray! It's over. We've made it through. I want to talk about Eleanor Tomlinson. She is literally the best thing to ever happen to television. And we're all, like, just blessed to be witnessing such beautiful acting every week. She is slaying everybody and everything in her path. I totally agree. I think that... um... And I know that there was a, um, a review that came out like right after the show aired, maybe Monday, uh, that had really wonderful, warm things to say about her performance um, and her capabilities. You know, and the fact that she is only 24 and she's able to do what she has done uh, this season. Um, you know, I'm thinking about this entire season. Um, it's been it's been a joy to watch. It really has, uh, because she's she's just uh, phenomenal, just phenomenal. You don't really get to see female characters go on like these huge journeys over mm-hmm. the course of a show like this. When you think about season yep. one and then now season two, like <laughs> I was already impressed with her in season one, but this <laughs> season she's already she's really bringing it, and um, she's capable um, of playing such a wide. Um, range of emotions like she can make us laugh she can make us cry she can make us uh, go like oh wow snap you didn't but, uh, <laughs> she's so brilliant and uh, she has such a bright future ahead of her so um, I look yeah. forward to seeing uh, how her career will go um, post Poldark so uh, there was the scene where Aunt Agatha is the one that convinces Elizabeth to wait for Ross to come uh, for her uh, that's actually an addition to the screenplay, and at first I was really annoyed by that because uh, in the books, uh, Aunt Agatha is not an ally of uh, Ellen or not Eleanor um, Elizabeth, uh, waiting for Ross to to come for her. Um, however, I got some great feedback from Fan Mommer on Tumblr that it might be uh, just the fact that in the books we're able to see the thought process that's happening in Elizabeth's head. And um, since this is television, it's got to come through dialogue. So uh, that's the the reason for the change. Um, And uh, another observation from Shiparker, um, particularly since on Agatha, you know, appears to be um, uh, in approval of, of this a fairly scandalous thing that uh, they're looking at doing with Elizabeth and Ross um, coming together, um, that Aunt Agatha underestimates uh, the hell out of Demelza and Ross, um, and deep down, um, she would rather have a pole dark under Trenwith's roof, as she said in the show, no matter what the conditions of it are, which is selfish. Um, And uh, so... Uh, I know that we've been a big fan of Aunt Agatha and her feisty ways uh, this season, uh, but uh, you know when you think about what it is that she's wanting to do uh, at the expense of Demelza and Jeremy, uh, it's a pretty selfish and needy move that she's uh, wanting to make. So, ladies, what are your thoughts? 
I know. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, um, she's lonely and uh, she lost Francis. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Ross is now um, the uh, only um, male Poldark left. So I think that uh, by having him over at Trenwith, uh, it will be um, a way to uh, keep the legacy uh, alive as, uh, as long as possible. And yeah, she never, she's never really been keen on the. Uh, and Demelza too, and if we if we we remember um, episode four, the Christmas episode in season one, when uh, they introduced Demelza um, over at Trenwith, and uh, the first thing she did was um, comparing uh, Elizabeth and Demelza. I think like I've never really viewed Aunt Agatha as a particularly good person. Like she's deeply <laughs> selfish, and mm-hmm. she kind of tries and controls people, like the way she called. Verity back just for herself like she doesn't want other people to move on or be happy she wants to stay as it was 20 years ago when the whole family was together and she doesn't want the kids to grow up and move away and I think (laughs) I find that kind of annoying but I also kind of get it I know the fandom loves her but I think she's sort of been idealised as somebody who would always stand up for like women's rights and things and uh, that's kind of a wrong perception of the character for me Mm -hmm. she's kind Mm of selfish and i I wasn't really that surprised because i think um the way that she's been written this season she was always going to encourage this Mm. even though it's completely hideous (laughs) yeah dude you're encouraging something that would destroy people's lives yeah i mean yeah after what she did to Verity, it's not that surprising. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and she's not really a good person, but I think people enjoy her character because she kind of reminds us of um, the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey, so I think that's why people love her so much. The sass and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the pistol. Yeah, it could be. I, 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 do, I do miss the Dowager Countess a lot. <laughs> I mean, you can't it, out Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith, though. That's for damn sure. That's for mm-hmm. damn sure. Okay. Okay, well, so now we should talk about Elizabeth. So, yeah, she said multiple times that she loved her son, but um, she loves her son so much that she was willing to become someone's mistress and basically ruin Jeffrey Charles's life in the view of society. So can we talk about how selfish it is? <sighs> It's ridiculous that she can be one minute saying, oh, I'm doing all of this, all of this, I'm so selfish, I'm doing this all for Jeffrey Charles. And then the next minute she's like, I'm going to casually just destroy his life. <laughs> like, just because I want to sleep with Ross. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, I honestly don't think that, that she has the capacity to think through her actions. Um, and I think it's really clear when you you think about what it is that she is wanting to do, which is basically have Ross leave his family, come to her. There's really no way for them to divorce um, because the, the laws for divorce back then were incredibly strict. And even um, if you could divorce, you couldn't necessarily remarry. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it, it, when she claims that she's doing all of this to uh, give her son the life that he deserves. Um, you know, I call bullshit. 
I call bullshit. I really do. She quite enjoys the improvement in status and wealth that she would get from George. She's mm-hmm. saying that it's for her son, but mm-hmm. she, originally she would have left her son at Trenwith, or by one well, or by himself, but with um, Aunt Agatha. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have been with him anyway. So yeah. how mm-hmm. much is she really thinking about him? I mean, we see how much she is enjoying the, um, the the lifestyle that marriage to George is affording her when we wind up um, in London. Mm-hmm. In the Carolo- Carolines. Bomb. London residence. Bomb London residence. So we missed oh you, God. Caroline. We missed it was you. Gorgeous. Like, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the same house that they used in the most recent adaptation of uh, Persuasion that was done by... I think it was done by BBC that has um, I think oh God, ITV. Hmm. Huh? I think it might have been ITV. ITV? Oh, it could have been ITV. Um, but uh, yeah, the most recent adaptation where um, Anne is basically running through the streets of Bath and the camera is like hovering over her head yeah. and making motion sick. Yeah, that, <laughs> that version. See, like, uh, I recognize is... the banisters, but I didn't know where from. <laughs> That's where it's from. Um, and, and I know that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geek. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I, I always, like, I can only really remember the outside of houses. I wonder if they filmed that in Bath. Hmm. I don't know. But there's a lot of, like, neoclassical stuff there, so it, it makes sense. They could shoot mm-hmm. a lot of London in Bath for a few uh-huh. seasons, and then they go to London, spoiler. So that's <laughs> good that they're set up there. Demelza's dress. Yes. That thing oh, la, la. Beautiful Ugh. as hell. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, Grace Venter Poldark was some kind of fashion wizard, you know, <laughs> able to travel through time to acquire a dress <laughs> that would be perfect for someone to wear 35 years after her death. Uh, but, uh, you know, clearly there have been um, other opinions that have come up um, about uh, how the, the dress came to be. Uh, since the show aired, um, irregardless of all of that, it was absolutely stunning. Uh, what did you guys think? I'm just going to pretend that it, it it makes sense. <laughs> the dress got there. Yes, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she slayed that dress, and um, I know that many people were like, "But why did she have to put beauty marks?" <laughs> and uh, lots of people called them ridiculous, and I'll admit that might have been uh, unnecessary, but um, because yeah, Demelza, hey, the one on her boob was classy as hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that one. Yeah, that color was stunning, and. Uh, she pulled it off. She really did. Yeah. I kind of like the beauty marks, though, because it's just something so incredibly from the period. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just straight away, you know that you're in the late 18th century. And, like, when else are you going to see somebody do that? It reminded me of Caroline. I was like, yeah, already with a fashion yes. sense. Well, you know, the um, in the book, they when they talk about going to the Warlegan Ball, uh, this is uh, from um, Demel- the book Demelza, I think it is. Yeah. Um, then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that they describe how everybody was getting dressed, they do talk about 
using the the beauty marks as people are getting dressed for that ball. You know, obviously we didn't see Demelza wearing anything um, like that for that ball. But, um, you know, I, I can imagine, you know, given the situation that she's in and the, you know, the, the desire to, to be mistress of Nampara, you know, in her mind, she's probably thinking this is what a person from the gentry would look like if they were going to a party like this. And so, you know, using the beauty marks is, is such a departure from her, who she is as a, a natural creature uh, that it's, it, it was pretty striking, but I think it was, it may have been part of the war paint <laughs> that she wanted to have to help give her some uh, support for, for what she had thought she was going to do. Um, I love the one on, on her breast, uh, but the, the one on her, <laughs> her face was a little distracting for me. Um, you ended up just like watching it black felt thing that just keeps moving um, we got some intel from uh, at Amanda uh, R. Prescott on Twitter about the dress that it was a great example of what uh, costuming experts call an open front robe anglaise with a modified polonaise in the back so there's a little costuming information for you interesting. guys yeah yeah, um, you know, the, the scene with McNeil, um, who is officially now a fucking asshole, and I've stopped making heart eyes at that son of a bitch. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got there um, eventually. It was, it was interesting to see that scene one week after the incident scene. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think it was put in there to, to kind of be a, you know, here's a comparison, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it, it was kind of interesting to see how that wound up happening. Um, and I can't remember if this was something that was pretty true to the book or if it may have been altered. My memory serves that it was fairly similar. I feel like book. it might have been slightly heightened. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. don't feel like... Um kissing was such an issue for Demelza. Yeah. That's true. Um, but still, like, gets to the same point. Interesting to me was that in the book, I didn't really consider these two incidents to be a parallel. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe they're not very close together or something. I don't know, but it felt like more of a comparison in the mm-hmm. TV show. Like they were trying okay. to make this point. Uh-huh. It was kind of clunky, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I, was like, it was. I don't want to talk about this. No, I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, I know that there have been some questions about uh, slut shaming um, with regards to Margaret and Demelza's exchange, um, and uh, oh. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, you know, I think that you know, just based on the the dialogue, you know, Margaret pretty much outed herself in the dialogue. Right. It wasn't like she was hiding the fact that, you know, she's buried several husbands, serviced several more. Yeah, she's practiced what she does. Uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of like she she outed herself in, you know, in that, that conversation. I don't feel um, like Demelza's issue was the promiscuity, though. Uh-uh. So it's not really slut-shaming so much as people that sleep with people's husbands shaming, which is distinct, completely yeah. distinct. Because one yeah. is 
something that you absolutely shouldn't do and the other one is just like gross misogyny mm-hmm. and as long mm-hmm. as there is a distinct difference between those then yeah. I don't have a problem with it yeah so you know the whole issue of the miracle of this money coming from the the boat business and then subsequent to that the discovery of this massive load of tin um you know being the answer for all of the questions oh god hey ross i i don't think he realizes that he did not marry elizabeth he married demelza and demelza she she fell in love with the man she didn't Fall in love with the, the gentleman. Mind. Yeah, the mind, the, the status, the, the Paul Dark name. But like, no, no. He, he literally destroyed their marriage by um, going back to his first love. And now he, he can't even apologize to his wife. And he thinks that money is the only thing can make, that can make up for his crap. Like, no. I think the problem with with Ross is that he does actually view the money as the root of all of their problems, which is completely misguided. Yeah, but to him, because like, Melza, she grew up like she didn't she didn't grow up around money, so she's used to living without any. But I think in his mind, as soon as he started losing money, like that mm-hmm. was when the trouble started with them. And they yeah. started arguing and everything. So he's like, if I can fix that, it will fix everything. And it's like, no, Ross, that wasn't the problem. That wasn't no. it. You're completely no. missing the point. No, because, you know, she said, you know, when there was the, the chance that Wheel Grace was going to have to close, you know, after Christmas, you know, there are more there are more things than treasure. Yeah. Know? She, you know, she's like, you know, there's there's more to life than treasure. Um, so, you know, the whole thing about money, you know, sure, she's not going to throw it out the window, but it's not the thing that was the reason why she was with this man. She feels like there's a total loss of respect in their marriage, and that is way more important to her than money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's not about the money, money, money. Yeah, it actually echoes um, when she uh, read him uh, at the beginning of the episode when she said that uh, he had a kind of nobility, but um, of character, not because of his uh, name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she fell in love with his uh, value, like he uh, fought for uh, the community. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I think it's such a. I think, personally, I think the problem started um, after the trial when she told him that she wanted another baby. And uh, he was reluctant. I think that's when the really the real problem started. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like the problems have been there since the beginning. Like yeah. he yeah. has not addressed the the Elizabeth thing, and she feels completely mm-hmm. undermined and undervalued. So yeah. it's it's problems that have been lurking in the back of their marriage for a while, and it's just come to yeah. the surface recently. Surface. And the the you know the the. The fact that she overheard the conversation that Ross and Elizabeth were having after the harvest party where Ross, who'd had a little too much to drink, was being all flirtatious with Elizabeth. um, That didn't help. That really didn't help. But she also 
you know, um, and, you know, far from anybody accusing me of not seeing Demelza as a human and, and making mistakes, <clears throat> um, she didn't talk to Ross about that. She didn't tell Ross that she overheard that conversation. So he is unaware that, you know, if the insecurities uh, that she has had regarding Elizabeth um, had been in some way quelled, um, following uh the julia's passing um and her recovery uh that 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 conversation basically just you know restored the embers of that um and brought them back up to you know a, a pretty healthy flame so mm -hmm. so okay i mean fair enough though i wouldn't like to have this conversation with ross everything he says is completely wrong <laughs> like he can't himself well <laughs> i would avoid having these conversations too um yep. speaking of not talking to people mm -hmm. elizabeth yeah and her treatment of george <gasps> it's just like i can't believe that i'm feeling sorry for george <laughs> yeah <laughs> but here we are it's 2016 mm -hmm. and i am feeling terrible for the guy i think yeah. he has every right to be pissed when she was like, oh, let's just postpone the wedding. And he's like, it's a week before the wedding, <laughs> bitch. Mm -hmm. I've told everybody, you can't back out of this now. Like, expecting him to just be chill about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. what she she's just like, think about this from this dude's perspective for five seconds. Elizabeth, what you're doing is horrible. You're, like, playing this guy just for his money. Literally lying, and and he in his sick twisted way he loves you, and that's not nice. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to people. I mean, it's a terrible yeah. thing to do, and like, no wonder he gets pissed off and decides that he needs Trenwith, because mm -hmm. he was basically in a situation where he proposed to a woman, then Ross came along, fucked it all up, and Elizabeth's now like, oh, I don't know about the wedding anymore. <laughs> like, let's just put it <laughs> off. Like, he's going to get possessive and gross. It's like, okay, great. So I'm marrying her. What else can I do to, to really piss Ross off? Oh, God. I'm going to move into his family's house. I can't even feel sorry for Elizabeth and Ross for how much of a dick George is being because they made him this way. They created mm. this monster with mm. their actions. So, uh, you know, the, the whole shift that Elizabeth makes from, uh, you know, being uh, pacing in front of the window for, you know, what, days uh, to I hate him for it. I dubbed that going full Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. This is something that has bothered me since, uh, you know, the, the first season. Um, you know, the first time after he'd returned home from war, um, you know, he did not immediately ride over to her house and offer for her because he was really in no position to offer anything to her. He went, straight, he went straight to Trenwith. He hadn't seen his home when he discovers that Elizabeth is engaged to Francis. And so he then rides home to this desolation of Nampara he finds out from his banker that his father has saddled him with debt and there's basically nothing uh, for him to offer her. So why on earth is he going to immediately ride over to Elizabeth's house to 
basically tell her, you know, the engagement to my cousin who has the money and the land and the title and all that other kind of stuff, don't do that. Marry me and live in debt and squalor. Um, Ooh, so romantic. I I know. (laughs) Um, And so I would think that what he would want to do is check out what he had to offer, see what he was able to do, and then go and make an offer. Of course, her mother... Yeah, okay, she's exactly. engaged. That is a binding freaking contract. That's true. You That's can't true. Just break those things off willy nilly. Like it's not That's the twenty first century. That's true. Um, you know, her mother, of course, plants the seed in her head that you know. Well, he hasn't come over to see you, so you know, why don't you go ahead and um, you know marry Francis? Since you know, blah blah blah. Um, so you know, of course. We don't want to forget that Francis basically gave her an out, and she said, "Nope, I'm going to marry you." So um, you know, so this, you make yeah. So this time, else. yeah. So this time, again, what does Ross have to offer her? Scandal, and again, nothing. <laughs> nothing that she claims that is important uh, for her, like the future of her son. You know, this is not to say that Ross has. Uh, not treated her in an abominable fashion, um, you know. Failing to contact her, her, you know, failing to contact her after just he to tell her it's not him. Yeah, but but failing to contact her after he pretty much implied that he would be in touch is a pretty solid gold dick move. <laughs> and yeah, it would you know it would piss the hell uh, piss me the hell off. Um, however. Uh, he never had anything to offer her except for scandal. And by the time his fortunes had changed, where he could offer her wealth, she was already married to George, and he'd already made up his mind who he was going to stay with. It's, and that was Demelza. It's like she's pissed off that he didn't ruin her life in further, is yeah. what I'm getting from this. Like, yeah. obviously she she can be upset that he didn't contact her, but being upset mm-hmm. that he didn't, like, run away from his wife and child and destroy her life and destroy yeah. his own and, like, wreck their entire family and probably leave them destitute, like, why do you want these things, Elizabeth? <laughs> this is mm-hmm. not something you should be reaching for. You're making yeah. bad choices. And, uh, you know, the the comment where, you know, he has taken something that was not his right, you know, or was not his to give her. I don't know how the, how she put it, but I think, you know, that is something that she is going to tell herself over and over and over again to justify this anger that she has for him. Um, however, you know, for folks that saw, you know, the incident as being either uh, non-con or dub-con, you know, that that is... The, the line that's probably going to resonate with the, the folks that see that scene that way. And moving on, another thing I loved about this episode was Demelza's turn to gentility or, or pretending to be. She's putting on airs to be like Elizabeth was not something that was in the books. And I just loved its inclusion because it mm-hmm. just it reinforces how different Demelza and Elizabeth have are in their lives and I also just love the idea like why should she continue to run the entire household for him 
and to cook and clean and serve him Mm -hmm. when he has no respect for her or any of the sacrifices she makes so it's just like yes do not bake him any damn pies just make food for you and jeremy and he can fend for himself And sleep in the library. He has no <laughs> respect for the stuff she does for him. And, you know, and this is, you know, the dude that was saying, you know, you're mistress of Nampara. You know, these are your servants. You should be, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're not to be a beast of burden, etc., etc. That kind of thing. Oh. Um, he says that. But he doesn't actually <laughs> act on that. Exactly. She, she is, she's taking him up on that offer. See how he survives. Like... For years, he's basically only functioned because Demel's has been there to like clean up his mess. Yeah, he took her for granted. He really yeah. did, and like now she's just gets saying, "Okay, fine, I'm I'm done now. This is what you get. You want Elizabeth? <laughs> this is what being with her would be like. You think she's gonna make you pie?" <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's so It was just really, really great. Thank you, Debbie, for adding that. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. yes, indeed. Also brilliant was Caroline being back and her like low-key snark about Elizabeth's marriage. Oh yes. Has, yeah. she, like, has anything more perfect ever been said or done? <laughs> um. What I am slightly annoyed about is that um, they caught a lot of Dwight Caroline stuff. And I'm like, I really need some cute, like, Dwight Caroline angst right now. Because I feel like they built up that storyline and then just, like, dropped it. Dropped (laughs) it. Like, it's in an abyss right now. We're just like... What is happening with them? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I doubt that they will leave uh, any everything for the finale. It seems a little not really. Uh, there's not much time left because we saw the the promo, which we'll be talking about later. But uh, I don't think they will be uh, touching upon uh, what is going to happen with uh, Caroline and Dwight until maybe series three. I think. No, God. I honestly think that they're going to try and stick. They're going to do like the shorthand version and try and stick it in the episode. Um, because I've seen some different clips and different things, and mm-hmm. Ross is definitely trying to set them up in the corner. Spoiler. <laughs> I'm cut Just save off. your marriage first. Like, Ross, <laughs> you're in no position to do this. <laughs> you ain't got time to be playing Cupid with these two. You, you've got some trouble at home you need to look into. Anyhow. And, you know, the, the scene on the beach... Uh, the, the scene on the beach where you know they're having this you know major major confrontation uh, where he and Demels are having this major confrontation, you know how he just really can't even put into words or uh, even think about how he's doing with decision making. Um, oh God, it's like he makes decisions and then only realizes like six months later that <laughs> why oh. he did it. Don't. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm in love with you. Right. Oh I should have realised that. But you know, <sighs> I'm gonna say it like six months too late. Whatever. Yeah, and again, we talked about it uh, in the previous podcast. I think it was you, Michelle, who said that. Um, yeah, he told Elizabeth that Demelza is the love of his life, but yeah. Demelza was in the coma, so she never heard him say it out loud. So how can she guess? Like, 
She's no um, psychic. She can't so. know. Mm. She can't know. Mm-hmm. He really hasn't done anything to show her that that's how he feels about her. Mm-hmm. It's Even like chasing after his ex. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's like, I feel these things, and I'm going to explain them to you in a real, like, just the worst way possible. Like the way he phrases things. Oh God! Terrible! You're just like I know what you meant, Ross. I know what you meant. But that's not how you say that. Yeah. Oh God! You know when when um he was saying about the um you know in the moment there was no thought of you you know no. it was like I was possessed you know it was like <laughs> and uh, you know and she she makes a smart ass quip about it and they're like well yeah in a way and she's just like no what the fuck dude. <laughs> I also love all the way he's like, you have a right to be angry, but stop being angry right now because I need to fix this. <laughs> it's like, right. dude, just, just let her chill. Like, you have no emotional awareness. He's like, I need to fix this immediately. Yeah. And it's like, no, give her some space. Yeah. She's going to kill you if you keep yeah. trying to bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, you know, that confrontation... Although God only knows because the the timeline people on this show really messed with my head today. They must have had the fastest horses in all of the world to be able to get word to folks about the wedding and blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, basically that conversation took place. It was like the day after this happened. Maybe like two. Was it, same, was it the same day that he came back? Um, who knows? But I mean, it was like, okay, it's been two days. You should be over this by now, Demelza. Yeah, he's like, how does this help us, Demelza? Yeah, how does this serve us? Like, and I want to apologize. Like, <laughs> that's the one thing he needs to do. It's just like, I'm really sorry you don't deserve to be treated this way. But instead, he's approaching it with, okay, you're angry. About that. Uh, um, that yeah. doesn't help us. I mean, I didn't mean to do it, so it's okay. Yeah. And, and I, I thought I could depend, like, basically depend on you for some understanding. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I mean, what he's yes. trying to say is... You're a very kind and forgiving person, and I've made this mistake. Mm-hmm. I know in time you will forgive me because you're just a very good person. But what it comes out as is, why are you? Why can't you forgive me now, bitch? Like, come on, yeah. what more do you want from me? <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I'm hoping and praying that somehow the message gets through, and he's actually able to put words together that will um, be something that Demelza is able to hear. Because I also think that that she is just not even capable of hearing. Um, You know, if he were to come to her, you know, on bended knee, you know, pleading and begging for her forgiveness, she is still so very hurt uh, by what he's done uh, that uh, she's not quite ready to even hear that yet. Yeah, she needs to get through the rage mm-hmm. issue first. Like she needs yeah. to calm down. And um, then and guess. God knows he doesn't need to be the one to tell her to calm down. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Which is what he was basically trying to do. 
And it's like, bitch, please, you oh. better just step back. How many times have we told you to calm down, Ross? <laughs> Has that ever worked? <laughs> ever? Oh, God. Yeah, he said, uh, when he said, uh, who am I here with right now? You. And uh, yeah, that's all, just what he said. But uh, Demelza can believe that uh, he feels like he's obligated to stay with her. Because mm-hmm. he saved her. So, do just say that she's still with her because you love her and she's the love of your life. I think like, he doesn't even realize that he he's chosen her. Yeah. Into, he's just like, yeah, I'll just, just like with suddenly her. there at the beach going, oh, wait, I'm here though. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, Ross. <laughs> yes, you are, are here. You catching up. Yes, because you've actually chosen your wife but like he can't say that to Demelza. yeah anyway Anyway. speaking of idiots george (laughs) george yeah what is the you know the the deal with him moving into trend with um when you know he could literally stay in his big house or move to london or bath or basically anything but no He's moving to trend with because he wants to get one over on the pull darks because he is completely obsessed with the pull darks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and one of the big selling points uh, that he tossed at Elizabeth uh, when he made his um, proposal was that his house was four times bigger than trend with, the land was so much larger, yada, yada, yada. George may love her in his own sick, twisted kind of way, but we all know what this marriage is about. <laughs> he called it at the top of the episode. It appears that he's won, and by moving into Trenwith, it essentially closes off Ross's ancient family home to him for the foreseeable future, or at least until Jeffrey Charles comes of age. Uh, but uh, little does George know that Ross is about to make a shit ton of cash, uh, not as much money. as George, but enough to raise his status in the uh, county considerably. Uh, what do you think George is going to do when he hears the news? Uh, go to that other secret lair and have a temper tantrum? <laughs> Let me do no, some not... more boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, more I know that um, George is a very antagonistic character, but I think Elizabeth is uh, as much antagonistic, if not more, because I think if she truly loved Francis, then she could have at least told George, you know, as your, as your wife, I ask you to... Um, I asked that we go to uh, that we go somewhere else because uh, there are so many memories, even if it's not true. And uh, to me, this is just a, a complete betrayal to Francis's memory and uh, the Paul Dark's legacy. And uh, if she really, really loved Francis, she would have asked that they uh, move to uh, just stay at Cardew or move to London or Bath. But uh, no. It would have been really easy to convince him not to move in, but the fact that she mm-hmm. didn't makes me think that she wants to stick it to Ross just as much. Oh, yeah. Why they're sort of united in their pettiness. Yeah, uh, George won't know exactly why she's as pissed off at Ross as she is, but, um, you know, the, the two of them are going to be a, a pretty formidable team uh, against uh, the Nampara Poldarks. I'm almost excited about that because, like, finally, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth's going to do something other than stare out the window or not smile. (laughs) (laughs) We get on to messages? Yeah, let's do messages. Um, 
We have one from Amanda Prescott on Twitter. Um, did anyone else notice that Tankard wasn't involved in the Bedruggan and McNeil plans to debauch Demelza and the books? Yes. And honestly, I was wondering why George would even consider that. Um, and initially I was thinking that uh, Demelza would remember Tankard as the, the smarmy little asshat who was working with George uh, during the, the trial. But then I was thinking uh, she may not have seen him at that, um, that place. Uh, in time. Uh, but, you know, George, uh, she's not going to trust you as far as she could throw you because she knows who you are. She knows precisely what you've tried to do to Ross. And so why on earth would she even trust you with anything? You're underestimating her, you obsequious little twat. Yeah, and I think in, in the book it was originally um, John Trenaglos instead of... Um, yes! Her. Um. Next question. Anonymous. Yes. Compare and contrast Demelza and McNeil's bedroom scene in episode 9 with Ross and Elizabeth's bedroom scene in episode 8. To me, mm -hmm. this is further proof that the sex in episode 8 was consensual. Elizabeth is no weak to moo or flower. Well, she does faint at almost absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, that was an aside. Continue. <laughs> she could have stopped it if she wanted to. She had been flirting with Ross and leading him on for years. She used her looks and sex as both a tool to get what the men she wants, i.e. Francis, Ross, now George, and to punish men when she is unhappy with them. Remember, she kicked Francis out of the bedroom as soon as she had her son, which punished him to infidelity. Pushed him to, into infidelity. I kind of question whether you can push someone to infidelity. But anyway, thanks again for all the time you put into these podcasts and posts. They're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean... This makes I, me uncomfortable. I do see mm -hmm. the way that Elizabeth does use sex as a weapon. Mm -hmm. But the idea that she could have pushed Ross off if she wanted to is not really true to me i don't yeah. think she could have fished her mouth if she didn't want to yeah uh it just this just makes me uncomfortable um. <laughs> okay next question mm -hmm. okay so from fen mummer so something i've been thinking about is how different it would be if this was modern times if a man today told his wife he did not know if he wanted another woman after sleeping with this other woman, well, that would be it, right? But Demelza doesn't have that option. She's obviously heartbroken, and we see that, but she's also, as a woman, without many choices. Do you think at any point Demelza entertained leaving? She thought he would leave, but did she consider leaving him? In the books, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. In the books, she she uh, thinks about, you know, in, as part of her internal dialogue, you know, there are are several times where she wonders why she hasn't left him. Um, and she even offers to leave him um, after that conversation uh, following the Bedregan party. Uh, you know, she says, you know, basically, do you want me to leave? I can find work easy. And um, Ross asks her about, you know, what about Jeremy? And she basically says that the servants in the house, who are the, the gimlets, um, that Jane could take care of Jeremy uh, for the time being, you know, while she's getting settled. So, you know, Demelza is making a plan. You know, yeah. she's got she's got some plans forming in her head, and she yeah. winds up staying at the house because Ross um, 
awesome. basically asks, you know, he asks her to, um, to stay if she was willing to stay. And uh, so she decides to stay. And it's really uh, that moment that is kind of that uh, slight turning point where um, some of the initial uh, fury and hurt and anger are not necessarily subsiding, but there's a, a crack uh, in that armor uh, that is slowly then built upon over the, the subsequent months until they have their, spoiler alert, reconciliation um, on Christmas Day. I think yeah. that's a, that, that was a thorough answer. <laughs> Why, thank you! <laughs> it's something I've been thinking about, and I know that there have been a couple of people that have posted um, either gift sets or, or pictures with a bit of the story. Um, and I think, actually, no. Um, Sparks uh, posted uh, an excerpt from the book the other day uh, when she was answering a question um, uh, that was about this particular topic and so I remember reading it from that that post shout out to Sparks shout out to Sparks she's a great person yeah. to follow if you're looking for someone to follow oh uh, Londonista um, minor point uh, but the scene with Margaret and Demelza's cutting remark why uh, just because she was upset by Ross's infidelity she wanted to jab at Margaret because she's been the other woman or does that Melza know that Ross has sampled Margaret's wares in the past? And by the way, I love Margaret. She's sassy. I, I like Margaret, Margaret too. too. Like Margaret's likable. <laughs> yeah, I like Margaret too. You know, Margaret is straightforward. She she knows who she is, as she well said in the show. I actually think Margaret and Demelza have a lot of similar qualities. They're resilient as fuck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I do think that she does know about Ross and Margaret. I think there's gossip about them. Um, but that might just be from the mix. It's not a big deal. Like, Margaret yeah. was, like, snarky back. So I was like, yeah. Margaret can handle her own shit. We don't yeah. need to be offended on her behalf. Exactly. She She's a big girl. She's got her big girl pants on. Um, BPAC67 says, uh, I didn't think Ross knew straight away after he slept with Liz that he loved Demelza more. My interpretation of the books was he was still confused and it took him time for it to crystallise. While he saw George and Liz together at Chenrith, that was when the final penny dropped. What's your view? I haven't agreed with all the changes Debbie has made, but I loved the scene she added with Demelza in bed throwing Ross's comment about her pride being dented back at him with my pride in you great scene i don't think ross knows anything until like after the fact i think he probably made a decision subconsciously that he wanted to be with demelza and fight for that marriage but he can't explicitly make the promise that he isn't interested in elizabeth anymore because mm -hmm. he hasn't rationalized it or sorted it out yet in his head and it takes him a while yeah he said something during that scene on the beach where, you know, it's like it's not a matter of not wanting you. Yeah, you know, it's it's a matter of uh, his not wanting her any longer um, that, you know, he needs to, to work through. And, uh, you know, Demelza, of course, was pretty horrified. By, I mean, you got to give it up to Ross. He's statement. honest. But it was, yeah, it was probably the most honest uh, answer that he has been able to give 
with regards to the the situation that they find themselves in. Um, but again, she's not ready to hear that honesty. Okay, next question from Miss Molly fifty seven. What was Ross thinking, or doing, or doing, going back to Trenwith when George and Elizabeth were moving in? Was he still undecided at that point? I was confused too when I saw him. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> but um, I think it was probably, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was his way of saying goodbye, or like mm. you know, I think closing he just, the. Like- uh, needed to mm. be there for that scene to work it doesn't really make any sense for him to be there but they needed a moment where he sees them moving in like, yeah moving. and I think it was probably a way to close the um, Elizabeth chapter and really focus on his marriage uh, to Demelza. Yeah, yeah it's over bitches we're moving on exactly <laughs> it's like okay yep they're they're married okay great I'm, I gotta move on that kind of thing uh, let's see this is another uh question from Anonymous. Uh, Hello, my favorite part was Dwight calling out Demelza's greatness and McNeil actually stopping in his tracks to go, (laughs) is he insane? Which is (laughs) about Ross. Um, Anyway, do you think they're going to make up uh, by next episode? Demelza still looked really upset at the last scene. I'm not sure if they have enough room for adequate groveling and the Carolite book stuff in one episode. Um, first of all, uh, I totally agree with you that you know McNeil stopping in his tracks. Saying, Isn't he insane? <laughs> that it's was like the awesome. only thing that stopped him. He was thinking sex, sex, sex. <laughs> exactly. He is, he is <laughs> wanting to get down. And then when she says that Ross is, has slept with somebody else, McNeil's like, what? 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 <laughs> That was hilarious, um, and the fact that you know all of the all of the men in Cornwall uh, recognize just you know how wonderful Demelza is, except for you know I think pretty much all the women too. Like even Caroline yeah. is like, mm-hmm. yeah, seems adorable. Mm-hmm. Let's see. As far as whether or not they'll make up by the next episode, I pray to God that they will. Um, uh, some of the previews and and. Um, uh, stuff that they have published in media um, with a synopsis of what happens is really making me nervous uh, because there are some things that they're showing that weren't in the books. I don't know why we're wasting time, you know, doing this whole Ross is going to join the army because he's, you know, got nothing else to keep him home. That kind why, of why, Debbie? Why? Yeah, it's not in the books at all uh he has some cursory involvement with the militia um the local militia but he's not a member of the military so i don't, I don't know where the hell this is coming from um and there are hundreds of pages of material left uh from the point of where they're at right now so i, I honestly don't know how they're gonna fit everything in and give us the reconciliation that we are all desperate for Yay, from JBK50. Just two quick comments. If Demelza had just read the note from Tomkin, it might have saved her some angst, no? He really did go to Truro, not to Trenwit, but Demelza insisted otherwise. Weirdly, Ross can be a dickhead, but he isn't a liar. Also, and I know this will not be a popular thought, does it seem, I'm sorry, they were taking Demelza's anger a little too far. Her anger and bitterness are starting to sound bitchy, snarky, slut-shaming Margaret, her words to uh, Ross in the preview, which is not the real her at all. Thanks. Well, Demelza, she she was betrayed, so she is hurt, she's angry. 
she is a she's in a very um, big emotional roller coaster right now. So I think we have to be a little understanding. You know, I think that um, you know when you say Ross can be a dickhead, but he isn't a liar. Well, actually, um, okay, maybe <laughs> a lie by omission, uh, not telling her about the money that he gave Elizabeth. That's a pretty big lie um, mm-hmm. that he has made to her. Um, and uh, so you know, he's not about. He is willing to look at bending the truth in order to get what he needs. And so, you know, he can be just as manipulative as everybody else on this show. Um, But, uh, yeah, he uh, fucked up. He fucked up big time. And Demel's going to take some time to to try and, and get over that, particularly if he keeps, you know, saying things like, you know, I still love her or I still want her or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Sweet Raptured Light says, how very much do we miss Caroline? These last two episodes were packed with Poldark-related shenanigans. It's felt a little less without her. Also, Dwight, I hope this thing unhappy should not be a thing we have to witness. Can't (laughs) wait for the reunion next week. Yes. Yes. We want Caroline back very badly. Very badly. Like I said in one of the earlier podcasts, I think the show is at its best when it ex- expands beyond mm-hmm. just the triangle. So, yeah. when we get to like focus more on Caroline and Dwight again, <laughs> it will be a better episode. Sharing, sharing Ainge? Uh, I know I'm mangling that. Um, um, what do you guys think of Elizabeth's relationship with Aunt Agatha? Since George is moving into Trenwith, I'm very worried about how she and Jeremy will be treated do you think Elizabeth will stand up for her or has removed herself from any previous pole dark loyalties? Or I should, I, I should say this correctly. It's pole dark. Uh, the emphasis is on the, the last um, syllable, not pole dark, pole dark. Um, <sighs> Nobody so, does that. <laughs> I know. Um, does. Um, I noticed that in one of my rewatches is that when she says the name pole dark, she uses that, that pole phrase pole dark. Um, Let's see. Also, if you guys haven't checked out Poldark Dark Dish on the Anglophile YouTube channel, it's very hilarious and well produced. Thanks. Uh, I'll I'll check that out uh, after we finish up. Um, I actually sent it to you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah she did. She did. I just I haven't had a chance to look at it, so I'll I'll take a peek and uh, uh, let you know what I think. Um, as far as uh, how she and Jeremy. Jeremy, um, Jeffrey, um, yeah, are, are going to be treated. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. Elizabeth is very selfish. Yeah, and if it will like help ease her life and give make her life easier to just resent Aunt Agatha and prop up whatever George wishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I almost feel bad for Aunt Agatha, but yo. <laughs> you wanted her to sleep with Demelza's husband, so I'm like, I mean, I feel bad, but I I'm kind of not feeling as bad for you as I might have once they felt bad for. Her. So anyway, um, but uh, yeah, don't don't hold your breath on her treating um, on Agatha in specific um, very well. Next question from Anonymous. Hi, I adore your podcast. Thank you. Thanks. It gets through the week. Not a question, really. But can you guys talk about the last Ross scene with Demelza? For me, it drove home that all the distance he's shown to her this season is rooted in his guilt over not providing for her. The second his fortunes changes, 
change. He's back to being loving and caring. Just interesting to me in that it's such a subtle but believable characteristic. It's such a dude thing. I think a lot of them yeah. get incredibly insecure when mm-hmm. they can't provide for their families. And mm-hmm. it, it sort of undermines their incredibly fragile masculinity. Like Crystal. Um, <laughs> that is. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and um, one of the things that just occurred to me you know, in the first season where Demelza is telling Ross he needs to be thinking about the trial, um, and he says something along the lines of, you know, I, I'm not going to be distracted by things I don't have any control over. Uh, let me focus on the things I can. That sentence just flew into my head, and that's basically what he's been doing with all of this, you know, got to try and get the mind, you know, up and going or, you know, getting the money and blah, blah, blah. You know, those are things that he can control. He can't control what Demelza is thinking or feeling about him. So when he's finally got his hands on on good news about something that he has mastery of, you know, he's very excited to share that with her. And when he comes and shares that wonderful news and she is not excited for them she says she's very happy for him you know i think that there's like a giant penny that drops in his head mm-hmm. you know, it's you know like, what? What? this yeah, isn't it's like, about ha- money <laughs> yeah exactly. he lost her. yeah and i love the way that uh that scene echoes the scene of um demelza um on her knees in front of him after the the whole carnmore mess is revealed um, it's it is again another lovely mirror that is happening at the same point in the uh, series as it did in the, the the first series. So it was really kind of a nice parallel to to see that happen. Uh, but all that glitters is not gold, <sighs> and she's buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love your podcast. Uh, Ross needs to make a declaration of love and a big gesture to get back into Demelza's good graces. The trailer makes it look like she is salty as hell. Do you think they'll leave things up in the air for next season? Uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, a few moments ago. Uh, we're not really sure where they're going to wind up leaving this thing. Um, hoping we get that reconciliation that we're we're needing. But uh, stay tuned. It's going to be uh, next week is going to be a rough one. So. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I am too. I am too. It's been a hell of a season. It really has. Um, we're all emotionally drained from it. Exactly. We'll need we'll need a few months to recover before season three. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, now, one of the things that we discovered during the um, episode eight, uh, <laughs> the week after episode eight. <laughs> was a dude on Tumblr by the name of Redorculus. Um, and he basically lost his mind after <laughs> episode eight. And his audio commentaries, he does uh, audio commentaries on all of the shows that he watches, um, on Poldark were absolute genius. Um, Spot on. Pairs up everybody yeah it's like he winds up taking ross the task taking elizabeth the task taking george the task i don't remember <laughs> he took the melza the task but she really didn't have anything to be taken to task about but uh, it was Please. it was fantastic so yeah. um be yeah, sure we... to, to 
to check out his stuff. We were just like so excited and giggling and sending each other so yeah he's, he's really great i hope you guys he's... check out his tumblr yes. yes and you spell it r-e-d-o-r-k-u-l-o-u-s so read dorkulus check him out do it okay um home stretch episode 10 <laughs> summary so, George consolidates his new hold over Trenwith, erecting fences around his land and denying commoners passage across his property. When Demelza defies him, she is badly beaten for trespassing. The incident provokes an angry mob to march on Trenwith and Ross struggles to prevent further violence. Elizabeth reveals that she is pregnant but begins to fear that George may not be the father of her baby after all. Dwight makes plans to join the Navy and like I'm really close to singing in the Navy right now but I'm not going to (laughs) and Ross resolves to reunite him with Caroline before it's too late yes last in the series and there's some rumours of series 3 being back earlier next year please sweet Jesus yeah please Oh yeah, I can't go for another whole year of, of waiting. <laughs> um, um, and also, there was a piece in one of the publications about uh, this week's episode to make sure that you keep watching after the credits because they're going to show us uh, sneak peeks of Series 3. So, oh, you know, don't, don't stop watching. Gotta keep watching. I'm going to make sure I record all of that, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, Literally the next day, the DVDs come out. So I have so much to look forward to. Yes. Yay! Let's see. So, um, you know, we talked about that this is the end of the series coming up on Sunday. So, you know, what happens after series two? Well, uh, we have some plans afoot for some more episodes of the podcast, including a wrap-up of the entire series um, and guest participants from the fandom, um, etc., uh, so some of the ideas that we have are the Series 2 general review, um, the women of Poldark and looking at, uh, you know, Demelza, Elizabeth, Verity, Caroline on Agatha, the men of Poldark, uh, Ross, Francis, George, Dwight, uh, Blamey, Charles, perhaps even, uh, talking about the Poldark books. Um, you know, all three of us are really big fans of the book, so uh, that would be a fun conversation. Uh, looking at the uh, two different series that have been done on Poldark, the one from 1975, as well as um, our current series that is underway, um, and looking specifically at a parallel between the uh, blue dress in version or the new version and the seduction scene in the 1975 version Um, series one retrospective uh, talking about more uh, most memorable scenes episodes character moments and uh, character development between season one and two i'm looking at the story within uh, a historical context Um, and rita had mentioned um uh Cornwall singularity uh, in Great Britain, and it would be interesting to, to do a little bit more digging uh, into uh, the the historical context around uh, Poldark. Um, we're looking to reach out to some of the folks that are involved in uh, 
the history, uh, the work on a history that is uh, taking place um, with Mammoth uh, and the the series itself, and uh, Rita is on the on the prowl for that. Uh, but we would love to hear if you have any suggestions for things that you'd like for us to explore during the coming way too soon pole drought. Um, <laughs> be sure to. <laughs> into the ask box um we would love to hear some of your ideas uh for us to to talk about after the series is over yeah you're not getting rid of us this easy we will be back next week to discuss the series two finale and yeah we know it came too soon but anyway please keep in touch contact us after the episode our ask box is open at poldarkpodcast.tumblr.com, or you can just tweet us. We recently launched, launched our Twitter account at poldarkpodcast. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your reactions. And if you like this podcast, please like, reblog, retweet, review us on iTunes, whatever you want. So thank you for <laughs> listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye. Bye, guys. No one could tell me that you were right for me, girl. Could have told me to run a lap around the world All that time I was hypnotized While you behind my back Now my mind keeps me up all night Why'd you have to say bye like that? I should have cheated on you I was everything you wanted and more
Cheated on you